Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that He gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. I'm so excited to start this new series today on spiritual gifts. For the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. And to begin with, I'm going to ask for some audience participation, so pay close attention. I have three questions I want to ask you, and if you meet all three of these, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a minute. So let me just explain what we're doing here, okay? Number one, if you are born again, that is, you've come to faith in the Lord Jesus, you've had your sins forgiven, you've responded in obedience to his call to salvation, so you're saved, your sins are forgiven, you've received the gift of eternal life, and you've shown that to be true by going through the waters of baptism to be baptized. That's number one, okay? Number two, you know with certainty what your spiritual gifts are because somebody other than your mother told you what they are, okay? You know, you know what your spiritual gifts are. Number three, you're actively and consistently using those spiritual gifts here at MVF on a regular basis. Okay, let me walk you through those three again, and if it applies to you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Number one, you're born again. You've been baptized in obedience, okay? That's number one. Number two, you know what your spiritual gifts are. People have confirmed them in you and told you that's what they are and confirmed them for you, okay? Number three, you're using those gifts here at MVF on a regular, ongoing, consistent basis. If that's you, please raise your hand if you meet all three of those qualifications. All three of them. Okay. I've got a pretty good vantage point up here from where I am. Uh, We're talking less than 5%. That's why we need to do the series on spiritual gifts, in case you're wondering. Because the goal would be, by the end of six weeks, every hand would be raised. We would be certain of our salvation. If we don't know Jesus as Savior, we're going to be certain that if we were to die tonight, we're going to be in the presence of Jesus because we'll have that certainty. We'll have a chance to be baptized, to show and demonstrate obedience to Christ by being baptized and be welcomed into the new covenant. We'll know what our spiritual gifts are. Other people around us will begin to notice and affirm them in us. And we'll be using them in the body of Christ. That's the goal of this series, and that's why we need to do this series. Because some of you have never heard of a spiritual gift until I just said it. Maybe that's where you are in your journey. Maybe some of you have heard of spiritual gifts, but you don't know what yours are. Maybe some of you know what they are, but you're not actively using them in serving here at MBF. So let me give you a couple illustrations to help drive this a little bit. I want you to imagine that, that we're all in an army Um, in a formation, kind of old school, lined up against the enemy, and we're marching forward, and we've all been given high um, state-of-the-art military equipment, okay? There's just one minor problem. The guy running the ammunition truck didn't make it, and so we've got like one in 50 bullets in the guns. Two in 50 have a bullet in their gun, something like that. How effective are we going to be in reaching our objective as a military? Not so good. I think that's kind of like a spiritual battle. Because we're trying to take ground for the kingdom, but it's going to be really difficult if only 5% of the army is using guns that have bullets in them. Make sense? Okay. Let me give you another illustration to help you understand, in case that one didn't resonate with you. Imagine that you have a wealthy relative that died and left you a multi-million dollar inheritance. You with me? 
Okay, this is a good day. Unfortunately, an evil sibling has concealed that knowledge and you never even knew about it. Boo. I think that's something like the spiritual gifts. You see, we have a supernatural trust fund that the Holy Spirit has given us, but many Christians don't even know about it. And Satan has kept the church from being effective by preventing us from tapping into the source of power and blessing. I think that's getting to the mark. We have unredeemed potential here this morning is what we're talking about. We have gifts of God that are locked up and collecting dust. We've got a 400-horsepower supercharged muscle car that's stuck in first gear. Oh, the horrors, right? We have unredeemed potential. That's why we need this series, because God wants to build up and encourage his church for the mission that he has for us at MVF. And we've only scratched the surface of what it means to be the Holy Spirit-aware, Holy Spirit-empowered body of Christ that God desires us to be. We've only scratched the surface. So I want to start by explaining this morning this new backdrop that we have for this series. And I want to throw out props to Angie and Don and Danae and others who worked on this because they did an awesome job. It's beautiful. They really worked hard at it. And this should be self-explanatory, but as the series goes on, hopefully it'll, be, it'll mean more and more to you, okay? When you see the cross, you think of Jesus, how he came to earth 2,000 years ago in the form of a baby, and he, he lived a perfect and sinless life, and he went to the cross, and he paid the penalty for your sin debt and mine on the cross. And he died, and he was buried, and three days later, he rose again. He appeared to the disciples. He appeared to many people. And after that, he ascended to the Father. He went back to heaven. And when he went there, he sent the Holy Spirit. The dove is the symbol of the Holy Spirit, by the way. And so he sends the Holy Spirit to fill the church. And for the last 2,000 years, the church has been operating in what he gives us, which are the spiritual gifts. So the Holy Spirit distributes the gifts. That's, that's the backdrop. All made possible because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. He sends the Holy Spirit because Jesus could only be one place at once. He was fully man. He was, he was only at one place at once. But the Holy Spirit could be everywhere. And then he gives gifts to the church. Something else for this series. You may have stumbled across this. Maybe you've already put your gum inside this. I don't know. But this is a little pamphlet put together by our own Pastor Mike uh, to give us a guidebook for this series. I hope you'll engage with this. Because in here we have a spiritual gifts test. We have some more things explained about the spiritual gifts. And, and no, this isn't a replacement for the Bible. But hopefully it'll be just a, a guide to kind of stimulate your, your thoughts and your discussions as you process this. I hope you'll engage with that throughout the series. There's a lot of good stuff in there. All right, let me take you to some scriptures this morning. Luke chapter 11, and I'm going to move quickly through a bunch of scriptures this morning because there's many places where scripture talks about spiritual gifts. We can't get to them all, but I'm going to cruise through them. So if you're a Bible flipper, get your fingers ready. Let's go. Luke 11, 11, 13. Jesus says this, You fathers, if your children ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Well, of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So there's a fundamental principle in our relationship with God. God is the, the one who holds all the resources. He's the giver. We are the ones who come to Him and ask Him. We have to ask Him for salvation. We have to ask Him for forgiveness of sins. We ask for the gift of, the, of eternal life. We ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, it's entirely logical, we're going to have to ask Him for the gifts of the Spirit. We are the ones in the asking posture. He's the one in the giving posture. Make sense? Our Heavenly Father wants to give the gifts to those who 
Ask him. That's what it says at the end of this passage. Those who ask him. Have you ever asked God for the spiritual gifts? Let me jump to Ephesians chapter 4. It says this, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That's why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights that we just talked about at the cross, he ascended to heaven, he led a crowd of captives, and he gave gifts to his people. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, which is the body of Christ. So this first group of gifting we're talking about has to do with those who are called to build and lead the church. It's called the five-fold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But this passage continues, Ephesians chapter 4, jump down to verse 16. It says this, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So you're going to see this analogy throughout the New Testament. Many times, the church is compared to a physical body. And we all have the different parts of the body that have to work together. I didn't wake up this morning and think about, man, my elbow is awesome. I love my elbow. It's so cool. It just, it does its job, and it falls in place, and the body works together. The only time you think about it is when it's not working right. That's when our bodies bother us because they stop working. Now, there are several places in the New Testament where spiritual gifts are listed, uh, no two lists are the same, by the way, uh, but when you put them all together, you compile them, we come up with roughly 20 spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives his church. So what is a spiritual gift? Well, spiritual gifts are supernaturally given abilities to do certain things well so that Christians can do three things. Number one, bring acceptable worship to God. And at MVF, we have this language that we use of our up relationship. This is our relationship with God. And so the Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts so that we can bring acceptable worship to God. The second thing he does is it brings about health and maturity and encouragement to the church body. That's us. And we call that our in relationship. The third thing that these gifts do is that they bring effective gospel witness to the world. We call that our out relationship. And so as you embrace this new resurrection life, you should be asking the Holy Spirit for the gifts he wants to give you to help grow his church. He gives us special abilities that enable us to serve each other in the body of Christ. You see, um, spiritual gifts are not simply your natural talents. They're not, they are actually special abilities which can only be used when you're living under the lordship of Christ through the filling of the Holy Spirit. Because anyone can jump in and help where there's a need. I mean, we have all kinds of things to do with this church, serving donuts and setting up chairs, I mean, cleaning the floors, whatever it is, that's volunteerism. That's not the same as using a spiritual gift. But I will say, if you have a spiritual gift, you will volunteer to use it. But it's just a matter of order and sequence, right? Spiritual gifts only come about by our relationship with Jesus. Who gives the spiritual gifts? Well, the Holy Spirit gives the spiritual gifts. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a key text. Uh, I hope you'll read that whole chapter because it starts talking about spiritual gifts in depth. And we don't have time to get to it all this morning, but I'm going to pick a few verses out of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 
The Holy Spirit decides what gifts or gift you're given. You don't get to choose them. You do get to ask for them, but you don't get to choose them. He knows you perfectly, you see. The Holy Spirit knows you inside and out. He knows how you're wired. And as you begin to yield your life to him, he's going to fill you with new desires and a sense of how you can help, help build up this new family that you now belong to called the church. And so we serve Christ by serving others. We love God by loving others. And the Holy Spirit is the Lord of the church. And he loves the church. And so he makes sure that every church has access to all the gifts it needs to make it successful. That's his job. That's the Holy Spirit's role is to give us the gifts to make us successful. And how do we measure success as a church? We already went over it. It's up, in, and out. It's the ministry to the heart of the Father through pure worship. It's the ministry to other Christians in spurring each other on to maturity and to holiness. And it's the mission to spread the gospel to the lost. That's how the Holy Spirit works. That's how we measure success. Are we doing those three things? To the extent that we are, we are pleasing God. And God's intent is that every Christian, 100%, would be filled with the Holy Spirit and mature by developing their gifts. By the way, spiritual gifts are something that you develop and learn alongside other believers, not in a silo all by yourself. They are best learned through mentorship and, and watching other believers in action. Let me show you how this works. When I was seven years old, my father bought me my first baseball glove. We started playing catch together, and one time he threw me a big pop-up, and I put my hand out, my glove out like this, with my palm up. What do you think happened? The ball hit the glove, the heel of my hand, and it went into my eye, and I got my first black eye when I was seven years old. I had received a gift, but I hadn't learned how to use it yet. And so through coaching, as he's tried to help me, okay, we can avoid that from happening in the future, because when you catch a pop-up, you put your palm toward the ball, and you catch it like that. You don't catch a ball like this. I didn't know that. I needed to walk with somebody who had done it before and could show me how to better do this. So you can save yourself from getting a spiritual black eye by operating in the gifts alongside of others who've done it before. Let me go to Romans chapter 12 for a moment. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Gifts are for every baptized believer in the body of Christ. No one gets all the gifts, and no one gets left out. We need everybody using their gifts if we are to be a healthy and victorious church in pushing back the darkness of our world. We need bullets in every gun. Make sense? Why are spiritual gifts given? Well, they're given because they enable you and me to take part in this church that Jesus is building. But the truth is, we can only grow as Christians by serving each other. That's how God's kingdom works. It's the example that the Lord Jesus gave us on the night he was betrayed. He picked up a towel and started washing the feet of his disciples. Why? Because he was establishing a pattern going forward of how the church would work, where the, servant, the leaders are actually the servants in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is all about serving and helping other believers. Because if you hurt, I hurt. If you rejoice, I should rejoice. 
when the church is operating properly, we're going to feel each other's pain and have compassion for each other so that no one's left behind. Because many times, and maybe you've had this experience, where you come into church on a Sunday morning, you have, you're carrying heavy burdens in your life. Maybe that's you today. And you sit through a service like this, and at the end, you walk out those doors, and you leave feeling just as lonely and discouraged and beat up and hopeless as you did when you came in. And I have to tell you, church, that should never happen. But it does happen week after week. Why? Because so few of us are exercising our spiritual gifts. And so you have someone come in who's hurting and broken, and they're sitting beside someone else who's hurting and broken, and the chain continues, and who's going to step in and minister if everybody's in a broken place, but no one's in a serving place? Church, this should bother you. It should bother us that only probably 10 or 12 hands got raised when I asked for that. We need to get on mission. We need everybody serving. It is for every believer to be so in touch with the Holy Spirit every time we gather that we should be asking him to show us who is in need so that we can reach out to them. And we do that by dialing into the frequency of the Holy Spirit. You remember the old radios and the old cars that had the dial? You had to manually turn and find the... Oh, there it is. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, there it is. Sweet. I got my frequency. Listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit is kind of like that. We have to learn how to hear his, his frequency speaking to us. And once we've learned to do it, it's easier the next time. It's something that we learn. It's a habit that we learn. And when we do dial into his frequency, he will tell us it's time to act. It's time to go pray with that person. You don't even know that person's name. Okay, fine. Go introduce yourself and just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the words, and he will, because we can reach out to each other in this way. God may have a word of encouragement or a service or a prayer to be offered. In that moment, we have to be tuning in to the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter chapter 4. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Gifts are meant to serve one another. It's not about people thinking you're something great. Remember, in Jesus' kingdom, to be the greatest is to be the servant. And servants aren't concerned with being noticed. Service is the heartbeat of the kingdom. Now, how do I know what gift or gifts I've been given? Well, many people have set out to put together spiritual tests and, and gifts and inventories, and we have one of those in this little booklet. But I want to caution you, these tests are not foolproof, and they're not a replacement for how God really wants us to learn our spiritual gifts. The fact is that if you're living as an isolated Christian, and you have no meaningful Christian fellowship in your life where you're meeting with other believers and praying with each other and studying Scripture together and serving, then it's just about impossible that you will ever discover your spiritual gift. And isn't that one of the biggest problems that we have in this world today, is isolation. We build our homes to be fortresses, where we can just totally detach from other people. And it feeds our rugged individualism, and we think that's a great value, but I'll tell you, that's not how God wired it. That's not how he wants us to live 
From the very beginning, God said it is not good for man to be alone. We are meant to be in community, and the church is God's plan for that community. So you can sit at your computer and do a dozen spiritual gift tests, but it's never going to reveal your real spiritual gifts. You need to be doing actual face-to-face ministry and being in service with other believers for those to reveal themselves. In fact, the Bible indicates in many places that it's by the laying on of hands and by prayer by other godly people that the gifts are bestowed and confirmed. Remember, the gifts are not about you. They're about how God will use you to bless the church. You may have been a Christian a long time, but you might feel discontented. You might feel disconnected from the church or feel frustrated or stuck in your spiritual life. I can tell you that very many times that is because you have neglected the spiritual gifts. You will never be happier. And I can tell you from experience, you will never be happier or more fulfilled in this life than when the Holy Spirit is filling you and using you in your gifts to serve and build up his church. The question is, have you asked God to reveal the spiritual gift that he has for you? Like, I'm doing what God made me to do right now. I'm teaching. And I feel full and alive because I'm doing what God made me to do. The local church is God's primary plan for the exercise of your spiritual gifts. That could be here on a Sunday morning. It could be in a life group. But it's, it's the fellowship of other believers. That's where we exercise the gifts. And this church ought to be an amazing house of healing and deliverance and encouragement and prayer and support and love. And when we get it right, it is something the world cannot possibly replicate. The church should be the most amazing place to be. Not the physical building, but the people of God. Because no social club, no government institution can ever imitate God's work in this way. You are called to care deeply about other believers. And about the well-being of other Christians. We should all want the very best for each other. And the very best is that Christ would be developed and matured in all of us. And so we should encourage and challenge each other to grow in our devotion to Christ. Romans chapter 12, once again, continues. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. You see, all of the spiritual gifts pertain to loving other Christians. There are some gifts that pertain to how we are going to worship God together and bring appropriate and God-honoring worship. There are some gifts that pertain to how we are going to reach a lost world for Jesus. But all of the gifts pertain to how we build each other up and reach Uh, one another and serve one another in God's church, okay? So we exercise the spiritual gifts as the Holy Spirit leads us. And you need to be in such an intimate and um, close relationship with the Lord Jesus as Lord of your life that you're going to know when he's prompting you in your spiritual gifts. Uh, It's the image of the vine and the branches that Jesus gave us in John chapter 15, where if the branch is, is not tied into the vine, if it's severed, it dies. It can't produce fruit. It has to be tied into the vine. Jesus is the source of life. And our jobs are to produce fruit. But Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We must cultivate our relationship with Jesus in order to learn how to hear his voice. You see, you can be so busy in the church serving in the power of your flesh. 
You can. You can set up chairs. You can hand out donuts. You can show up and greet people. You can do all kinds of things externally. Listen, I've been playing guitar for 35 years. I can get up and play guitar any day of the week. No problem. That's not a spiritual gift. We exercise spiritual gifts in dependence on Jesus. Moment by moment, it's our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's the only way they work. And we must abide in Christ to produce fruit. And we can only produce fruit by using the spiritual gifts that he gave us in the first place. That make sense? The flesh does not produce spiritual fruit. Okay, I want to show us a, a little visual illustration of spiritual gifts like in a real-life person. Uh, and I'm going to go to the next slide here. These are the bobbleheads of your pastors. Aren't we beautiful? Underneath each one are our spiritual gifts. Which spiritual gift is common to all four pastors? Teaching. We all have the spiritual gift of teaching, and yet it looks very different, doesn't it? Don doesn't preach like Mike. Mike doesn't preach like Ryan. Ryan doesn't preach like me, and, and on and on. It's the same gift. But God uses our personality, our, our background experiences. It's the same gift. It all glorifies God. That is all of our intention is to glorify God and build up the body, but it looks differently. And, and notice, by the way, that we don't just have one gift. We have four or five in what we call a gift mix, how God has wired us. And for the last 25 years of my life, I've operated in those four gifts that God has given me. I know who I am. I'm on mission with God. I know who he's made me to be. And even so... We are all called to step outside of our comfort zones from time to time. So you, can, you can't say, well, yeah, it's not my gift. I just, I just can't do that. Sorry, I'm off the hook. God will give gifts as he wills, sometimes even for specific situations. For example, I don't have the gift of healing, but I know for a fact that I've been used by God to bring healing to other people. I don't get off the hook and say, well, it's not my, I can't pray about that. That's not my gift. Or you can't say, well, I don't have the gift of giving, so I guess I get to keep all my money for myself. You see, everybody is called to give. Every Christian is called to give. We're all called to be generous. We're all called to be in touch with the Holy Spirit. When he says, open your hand, we're supposed to do it, right? We're all supposed to be obedient. You may not have the gift of evangelism, but every Christian is called to care, have a passion for the lost and be ready to share the gospel on a moment's notice with anybody. Every Christian should do that. Some have been given a very special gift where they just know how to steer a conversation and they just know how to lead somebody to the point of making a decision to follow Jesus. And so you can't just say, well, I get off the hook because it's not my gift. How do you know? Maybe in that specific moment, God is going to give you that gift. We have to be open to that. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4 says this, God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. Again, this is not about, I know what my spiritual gift is and I'm not going to move out of that. It's about whenever he chose. God, are you calling me into this right now? Are you going to give me that gift so I can serve in this moment right now? The spiritual gifts are part of how you practice a holy life. But I want to caution us that throughout this series, we don't think so much about the gifts and get all, oh, is that my gift? Is that your gift? What gift do I have? That we neglect the giver of the gifts. What a horrible thing to focus so much on the gifts that we neglect the giver. We don't want that to happen during this series. Get your relationship with God right, and the gifts will be automatic. Focus on the giver. But there are some barriers to us learning to use our spiritual gifts, to finding them and using them. 
uh, at least four of them that I thought of. One of them is that you lack knowledge about the spiritual gifts. Uh, you've never learned about the spiritual gifts, and we're trying to take care of that problem with this series on spiritual gifts. So we can scratch that off the list. That's no longer a barrier. We're going to be learning about the spiritual gifts. Number two, you lack faith. Well, the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. We can't even be saved without faith. We can't receive the Holy Spirit with faith. We can't operate in the spiritual gifts without faith. And God is calling every one of us to increase our faith, to take faith risks, to open ourselves up to what God might want to do in and through you. And I would just urge you, church, don't put God in a box. Don't say, well, God doesn't work that way anymore. That was back then. He doesn't work that way anymore. I just urge you not to do that. All of the gifts are operative today, every last one of them. They're for now. And I just urge you, don't put God in a box. Have some faith to believe God could do something outside of your normal, outside of things you've seen. You say, well, I've never seen anyone physically healed. Does that mean it doesn't happen? Just because you haven't seen it in your limited lifetime, you haven't seen it? That means all the gifts for 2,000 years are now canceled? No, we need to have faith to believe God can still work this way. Barrier number three, you're not baptized. Well, Baptism is the symbol of the new covenant. We're all commanded to be baptized. If you're not doing what, you know, we call it first base, right? It's like get to first base. Do what God has already shown you. You're not going to get further instructions from the Holy Spirit until you've done the very first thing in front of you that needs to be done. We all need to be baptized to operate in the spiritual gifts. In 25 years of ministry, I've never met a believer who operates fully in the spiritual gifts who has resisted being baptized. I've never met anyone like that. Number four. You are ensnared by sin. That's a barrier. If your life is still contaminated with the sins that you were supposed to have crucified when you were baptized, you're not going to be able to effectively and consistently exercise your spiritual gifts because you're still ensnared by sinful living. And the Bible says when you're a slave to sin, you're not free to serve Christ. Therefore, your life will be ineffective in serving others. And so if you have no intention of dealing with the sinful attitudes and behaviors that keep us out of fellowship with God... You cannot exercise your spiritual gifts or even discover your spiritual gifts. And so this whole series is predicated on one thing, and that is our surrender to Christ. We can fill our heads with knowledge about spiritual gifts. We can be able to recite them and know what they are. But unless we are surrendered to Christ 100%, we might as well all vacate the premises right now because we're not going to get anywhere. Surrender. I'm going to ask the worship band to come back right now because we're going to go into a time of worship and communion together. I think this is a very important series for this church. We as pastors have talked about this for a while now. We think this is what's necessary for us to get to that next level as a church. And surrender and obedience are how we get rid of those barriers. Surrender and obedience to God is at the center of everything that we're going to talk about because we've got to get serious about this relationship that we have with God and the call of God in our lives. And and what God wants for you and me is that we're going to get on mission with him and begin to support and encourage and build up each other for his glory. And so nothing is more important than our surrender. So I want to ask you this morning, are you ready for what God wants to do in your life? Are you just content to kind of be one of the 98% or 97% that just kind of comes to church, you don't know what your gifts are, and you're not using them? It makes a really ineffective army, doesn't it? But we need to be surrendered to Christ. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to sing some words right now that could be difficult for some of you. But I just want to urge you, if you're feeling the Holy Spirit speak to you right now, 
that you would yield to him in this moment, that you would surrender your life to him. There's such power in surrender, and it's the irony of the gospel, isn't it? There's power in surrender. And I think when we go to communion in a few moments, it'll make a whole lot more sense if we have a room full of people who are surrendered to Christ. So let's sing about that together. Let's open up your heart. You know what? Maybe the best thing for some of you right now is not even to open your mouth, but just to let the Holy Spirit check your heart and say, is this really true of me? Am I really surrendered this morning? Let's sing together.